If you, uh, if you have a Bible with you or you can access one, uh, can I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 24, which I realize is quite late in the first gospel. But as you look that uh, up, let me, let me ask you a question. Today is the 1st of December. And so uh, what are you anticipating this month? Okay, what are you anticipating during December? The general election? And everything that goes along with that? Busyness? Many people are anticipating a busy month. Stick a hand over your antici- look at that. Maybe even you're anticipating mayhem. Because you have so much to do, so much to organize, so many different things to attend, so many things to buy. Anybody anticipating time off? A break? A holiday? Anybody anticipating debt? Family get-togethers? Snow? Presents? A few extra pounds? Not cash, but weight. Season of feasting. Carols. Some of you are saying, when are we going to sing a carol? The birth of Jesus. Or rather, an opportunity to celebrate and mark his birth. Lots to anticipate. But let me, let me ask you another question. Is anybody anticipating the return of Jesus? Is anybody anticipating the return of Jesus. As Rosie has reminded us, and as we've been thinking about already, this is not only the first day of December, this is also the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent literally means arrival or coming. And and so on this first Sunday of Advent, we mark this as a season, as the beginning of a season of preparation, as we get ready to remember and give thanks for and consider the meaning of Christ's first arrival, his first coming to our world, to our planet. In fact, his first coming to us because it's unto us a child was born. But Advent also encourages us to reflect on his second coming. In fact, the first two Sundays of Advent are traditionally all about that and about making preparations for that. And so back to my question, in this season of of anticipation, who here is expecting the second coming of Jesus? And, And what are you doing to prepare for that? I've called this year's short Advent series, Anticipate. To anticipate means, here's the dictionary definition of it, or the first part of it. To anticipate means to imagine and to expect something that will happen. To imagine or to expect something that will happen. Christmas will happen. Christmas did happen. And so we do mark it and we celebrate it and we get caught up in it every single year, every December. But here's the thing. The first coming of Jesus is drained of meaning if his second coming is denied. We dilute the first advent if we neglect the second And so we must, it's really important that we anticipate it as well. 
We must go back to that definition there. We must imagine, or rather, we must expect that the second advent, the second coming of Jesus, we must expect that it will happen. Because you see, if it won't happen, you see, if Jesus isn't coming again, then it could be argued, why bother celebrate Christmas? Like, what is the point of marking his first advent if we deny the second? The first Christmas did happen. That's a past reality. Jesus will come again. That's a future certainty. And by the way, if you kind of reckon and think, you know, see the idea of Jesus coming again. That idea is just bizarre. And I know many, many here and many in our culture do just think that the idea of Jesus coming back again, it's just weird. Well, let's not forget that his first coming as a baby lying in a feeding box born to a teenage virgin, that was pretty weird. That was pretty strange. That was pretty unusual. So back to this definition, because not, that's not complete. If you look it up in the dictionary, it, it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say this. To imagine or expect something that will happen, sometimes taking action in preparation for it. And so that is the reason for this series. That's the purpose behind it, to remind us as a church, to remind each person here this morning to take action in preparation for the first and second coming of Jesus. And so in this season, this month of anticipation, amongst all those other things that you imagine or expect will happen, like the general election, etc., can I urge you, can I encourage you to anticipate Jesus? to get your head and your heart prepared for his arrival, his first and his second. As part of my preparation for this morning, I, I was uh, reading a few articles about the subject of anticipation. And it's, it's widely recognized that there is joy and power in anticipation. Because apparently research has shown that anticipating something can be a powerful and an, a positive emotion that can help us live happier lives. In fact, according to those who know and write about this stuff, we all need something to look forward to, don't we? We get that. Well, I want to suggest that there can be genuine joy and power in anticipating the second coming of Jesus. One of those articles went on to say that sometimes our present can feel annoying, frustrating, tedious, and intolerable. And therefore, anticipation or a healthy sense of it can energize our lives and help us get through the tough and tougher times. It's according to some psychologists. I don't know if you agree with that. I don't know if you believe that, but again, I want to suggest that looking forward to the second coming of Jesus can help us make better and more sense of the present. Looking forward to the second coming of Jesus can help us to make better and more sense of the present. In other words, that future prospect, that future certainty has the ability to alter our perspective 
on the present. You see, the prospect of the renewal of all things, because that is what the second advent is all about. It's about the renewal of all things. The prospect of that brings hope. And our world is crying out for hope. Genuine hope. So back to my opening question, what are you anticipating this month? Is the birth of Jesus included? I'm gonna guess that for most of us, we're here in church and therefore, yes, we are anticipating, celebrating the birth of Jesus. But I wonder, I wonder if the return of Jesus is ever really anticipated or expected. I'm not sure I really expect it to happen. I'm really not sure. How often or how much do I prepare for it? Well, with all that said by way of introduction, let me, uh, let me read what Jesus said about this because you don't want to hear what I think about this subject. You want to know what Jesus thinks about it. So we're going to read together from Matthew chapter 24. And this is what Jesus says about his second advent. And if you're a visitor here, what we often do is we stand for the public reading of Scripture at Windsor. So let's stand together. And just as you're doing that, uh, let me just kind of fill in the, the gaps because we're breaking into this chapter at verse 36. Jesus has already been talking about these issues throughout the chapter. And so we, we kind of interrupt, in a sense, his conversation. And we pick it up where he refers to the fact that the day and the hour of his coming is unknown. So here's what he says. Verse 36, and the words are on the screen. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other one left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and he would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of the household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away an awfully long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and 
gnashing of teeth. Grab a seat. I know uh, it's maybe not the kind of reading you were expecting in the run-up to Christmas. And yet this is the reading that is assigned for today in many church traditions. Because in Advent, not only do we look back at the birth of Jesus, and we will specifically do that on Sundays 3 and 4 of Advent, but we also look forward in anticipation, in anticipation to a second Advent, which is what we're going to do today and next Sunday. But the critical question is, and always is, and always has been, are you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? Now, the first thing we need to be crystal clear about is that nobody has a first notion when it's going to happen. And trying to predict when it might occur or second guess it and work out some kind of time frame using all sorts, it's just a waste of time and a complete nonsense. That doesn't mean people won't try to work it out. That doesn't mean people haven't tried to work it out. They do. They still do. But whenever Jesus explicitly says that the angels in heaven have no clue when this is going to take place, that should be enough to make us wary of trying to figure it out. But as Jesus goes on to say that not even he, the Son of Man, knows his return date, that only the Father knows the day or the hour, then any attempt by anyone to calculate it, predict it, is virtual madness and completely pointless. In terms of timing, we need to, as one person has put it, rest in ignorance that cannot be removed. You don't know, you can't know. Time unknown, you will never know when. If the angels don't, if Jesus doesn't, why do so many people get so hot up and trying to guess when? Predict when, work out when. It's just madness. But here's the thing. And this is what Jesus goes on to explain, and this is what's so crucial. You need to be prepared for it happening at any time. You must anticipate it. Life is going to be going on pretty much as usual, and it will happen. So Jesus actually draws a parallel with, this, with the days of Noah. And he says, listen, people way back then were just simply going about their ordinary everyday lives. They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving in marriage before the flood suddenly came and took them all away. Now listen, Jesus is not making any comment here about the spiritual or moral state of the people of Noah's day. He doesn't indict them here. He's primarily illustrating the fact that here were a bunch of people who were told about a flood that was definitely going to happen, and as they went about their everyday lives, it actually did happen. The main problem for them was that despite being told about it, despite this guy building this big boat, none of them were prepared for it. And therefore, to use Jesus' sobering words, it came and it took them all away. Jesus is coming again. 
the second advent will happen. And it will happen just as life goes on. The final climax of human history will suddenly come on ordinary life. We'll just be eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, working, doing our normal everyday things. And it's going to happen. But are we prepared for it? Are we ready for it? So Jesus then goes on to refer to a couple of different sets of people who are going about their ordinary everyday lives. He says there's two men and they're at work together. There's two women and they're at work together. Normal life is in progress. People are doing just what they do whenever suddenly, unexpectedly, one is taken from each couple and one is left. Now don't get sidetracked by the details. Taken where? Left where? Who's taken? Who's left? Not the point. The issue is the unexpectedness of the event and the need to be prepared, which is why Jesus immediately goes on and says in verse 42, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. In other words, listen, this is happening. You do not know the day, you do not know the hour that will dramatically arrest and impact your ordinary everyday life, your comings and your going. But the vital issue is, are you ready for it? Are we prepared for it now? Then Jesus tells a kind of short story, a mini drama. To further illustrate and drive home the point, he says, listen, if the owner of a house knew at what time of night a thief was coming to break in, he'd be ready for him or her. Just putting that out there, it doesn't actually say whether it's man or woman. You'd be ready for them. But the problem is, the fact is, the homeowner has absolutely no clue when the thief might turn up, and therefore, constant vigilance is essential. Short story finished. And then Jesus says, so, which is one of those words that says, listen, here's the lesson. I've just told you a short story. Here's the lesson. So, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Therefore, keep watch, because into your ordinary, everyday comings and goings, this is going to happen. And Jesus, by the way, isn't referring to himself as a thief in some kind of negative or unhelpful sense. The point is that in this one respect, i.e. the unexpectedness of his coming, he does resemble a burglar. The sudden unexpected nature of the break-in is the issue. And if you knew it was happening, you would be fully prepped. That's the point. And so the sudden and unexpected second advent is happening. So you've got to be ready for it, or else you might lose something. In fact, if you're not ready for it, there's every chance you're going to lose everything, including your soul. And then finally, to hammer home the point and, and to take this a little further, to help his disciples, his listeners, and even us know, well, what does being ready, what does being prepared 
look like in part. Well, then Jesus goes on to tell another story, another parable, a parable about a servant who can be one of two things. He can either be a faithful and a wise servant, or he can be a wicked and an abusive servant. So Jesus says, the master of a house leaves for a period of time. No idea for how long he's gone. He just goes, he leaves. But he puts a servant, one servant, in charge of looking after all the others. And when the master eventually and unexpectedly does show up again, if he finds his servant doing what he's been asked to do, if he is being faithful and wise, this is what it means to be prepared, by the way. Being faithful servants, wise stewards. And if the master comes back and finds that his servant has been faithful and wise, what will happen? He'll be blessed, and in fact, he'll be promoted. But if the servant thinks, says Jesus, right, my master has been away for like ages. Who knows when he's coming? In fact, who knows if he's ever coming back? So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do what I'll want. I'll beat the other servants black and blue, and I'll clear off, and I'm going to live it up with a bunch of drunkards. And so I'm going to be unfaithful to God and I'm going to be incredibly unwise with the life that he has given me. Well, says Jesus, when the master returns, when he returns, it's not if he returns, when he returns. When he comes back on that day that that unfaithful, unwise servant wasn't expecting, at an hour he wasn't aware of, says Jesus, whenever the servant comes back then and or the master comes back then, this servant is in deep trouble and is facing horrendous consequences. And the language of Jesus here is colorful and it is graphic and I know it is disturbing, cutting into pieces, weeping and gnashing of teeth. At this point, Jesus, if you go on into chapter 25, Jesus goes on to tell another parable, another story about the second advent, about 10 virgins. But we're stopping at the end of verse 24, and I'm about to stop. You see, on this first Sunday of Advent 2019, as we anticipate Christmas, and we all do, and all that goes with that, And as we look back to the first coming of Jesus and as we sing about it and as we celebrate it and as we remember it, I pray to God that we will also anticipate his second coming. I pray that we will also look forward to the unexpected certainty of the next advent. That as we go about our everyday ordinary lives, because we will walk out of this place, we will walk out of here today, we will step into you, and we will just go about our ordinary everyday lives. I pray to God that every single one of us, if it happens, will be found faithful and wise. that we will be living as God, our master, has invited us to live. The second advent is coming. It's a certain, it's a sudden and an unexpected certainty. And are we ready for it? May we all anticipate Jesus 
this December. His first and his second arrival.